On today's show, Ricky Rubio is stepping away from the Cavs for his mental health. What it means for him, what it means for the Cavs. We're going to dive into that all on today's episode of Locked on Cavs. You are Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Everyone, I am Chris Manning, one of the hosts here of the Locked on Cast podcast. I'm going to be solo today and for the rest of this week, going to squeeze in three episodes for you before and over the weekend. Uh, thanks to Evan and Jake, our amazing producer, for holding it down while I was on a little bit of a vacation. Running back because Evan is a little bit away. Today's show is all going to be about Ricky Rubio. We're going to talk about him stepping away, We're going to talk about what that means for the team. And who could step up if he does miss next season, miss part of next season at the very least? This is news that, at least to me, and I think to a lot of people, did come out of nowhere a little bit. Ricky Rubio, in a statement last weekend, has stepped away from the Cleveland Cavaliers and from other professional activities. This comes just before he said this had played for Spain in the FIBA World Cup. Here's, here's the statement. I've decided to stop my professional activity to take care of my mental health. I want to thank, to thank all of the support I've received from the Spanish national team to understand my decision. Today, family makes more sense than ever. Thank you. I would ask that my privacy be respected so that I can face these moments and be able to give more information when the time is right. That ends the statement. With Kobe Altman's statement, we didn't get a lot of insight from the Cavs. We don't exactly know, again, what this is, what this means. I would say for someone that has followed Rubio's career, talked to him, understand, heard him talk about this, him just stepping away from the Spanish national team means this is serious. And I think more than anything else, more than the cap implications, the on-court implications, any of that stuff, Ricky Rubio being mentally okay is more important than anything else. When this news came out, my brain immediately went to Kevin Love. And I, Kevin Love, obviously, it's in his own very public battles and struggles and advocacy for, for mental health care in this country and in society at large and within for professional athletes, I think, particularly. Kevin has known Ricky for a long time. I wonder if those two connected. I wonder if those two discussed it. Um, my, my brain just went there because I, I, this was just such an interesting part of it. Look, we, again, we do not know. It would be reckless to speculate. I think if you... I haven't seen anything, but if you see things on social media, claiming why, you know, I, I wouldn't really care about that very much. Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com has reported that the Cavs are aware of the decision and are quote fully supportive. Of note, uh, there is two seasons and $12.5 million left on a contract. Cavs were going to send at least one person to Spain. Uh, there's been some, you know, an assistant coach was over there doing some camps and I think linked up with Rubio at a certain point. You've seen posts supporting Rubio since this is 
has happened. So there, there's that. When I think about what this means from a Cavs perspective, it's hard for me not to go to the human part of this first. Ricky Rubio is someone that has been a standout professional on the court and off the court for 12 years in the NBA now. This is a brilliant passer, a brilliant teammate. You know, he was so incredibly fun and important and impactful in a really positive way for the Cavs before he tore that ACL, the second one in that knee. Last year was also really tough for him, and I wonder where where that comes in if I'm if I if I'm being honest about it. And late April, when the season was you know getting done, Kobe Allman talked about how coming off of an ACL, you know, you don't you're not at the same capacity when he was 12 months. Your I think there was a hope within the organization that Ricky Rubio coming back next year was going to be something better that it wasn't the same guy that from last year that you were going to get an improvement in year two with FIBA to kind of build into the season. That, you know, that wasn't a lock, but I think that was the hope. And I wonder for him, as someone who has played at a really high level, who has a high standard for himself, who has the pressure, I think, of playing for his nation, a team that has, you know, hopes of winning the World Cup. Uh, He was the MVP of the last World Cup in 2019. Spain is number one, you know, in the world right now, ahead of the U.S. after they won the European Championships last summer. I think there was, Rubio probably felt some pressure to be the, the veteran leader. You know, he has kind of succeeded and passed that Marcus Gasol role on the Spanish national team, at least from, from me, you know, looking on the outside in. I think there's just a lot here that we don't know yet. And I think last year, probably not going the way he wanted, it, him not being quite right physically, you could just tell he wasn't. I, I'm sure that is weight on him. What he is going through is bigger than basketball, ultimately. What he is going through matters more for him and his family and his life and his life beyond basketball more than, than anything else and wins and losses. Later on the show, in segments two and three, we're going to talk about you know, where Rubio is at. And what this means for the Cavs and who could step up. You know, is there someone that could fill a void here and get a chance to blossom in Rubio's wake? But again, we don't know if he's going to be back in a month. I, you know, I don't know if this is something where he is at training camp when in September. We don't know yet. None of, none of what we understand right now can tell us when Rubio is going to be back, what it looks like when he's back. If the like just anything about this, all we know is that Rubio is away right now, and you hope that he's okay. That that matters more to me, in my opinion, than anything else that possibly could come up during this conversation. For Ricky Rubio to step away from the Spanish national team, to perhaps forego some NBA basketball this season when he's closer to the end than the beginning, that should tell you something. With, with for him to do that, for him to step away in that way, to, put, to hit pause on his career in this way, that should tell you something about, about what is going on here. And I, and I think more than anything else, it is important in the situation to have empathy for Ricky, to have empathy for his family, and to not look at this as, 
you're mad about a guy in your favorite team not playing. This is about this is one of those things that is actually bigger than basketball. And I'm sure and I and I think I would guarantee it that there's someone out there in Cleveland and the other places played in the in the United States, back home in Spain, that looks at this and says if Ricky Rubio can discuss his mental health and, and know how it's impacting him and, and perhaps will you know he'll offer more intent in the future if he chooses to. He obviously is not obligated to in any way. That will have a positive impact too. This is truly one of those things that it's a cliche, but this is bigger than basketball and, and best wishes to Ricky and his entire family. There's no good way to segue off of that, but after this, we're gonna we are gonna talk about where Rubio's at in his career, where he was gonna be headed into next season, and could be, you know, if he does happen to come back. So we'll talk about that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, even the Cleveland Browns. That's right, even the Cleveland Browns. And you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You could use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So you visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown right now and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. In my opinion, I would go with a really great NFL team. You know, pick the Chiefs, pick one of the real Super Bowl contenders, pick the Eagles. But if you're feeling frisky, you're feeling loyal to the city, you could go with the Browns too. And I think maybe you get some wins and some bonus bets out of that. So again, fanduel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash locked. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Cavs. I'm Chris Manning. Uh, Jake Stevens on production. Evan Damerell off this week. Ricky Rubio in his career right now is in a real interesting place. In a basketball sense, based on what we saw last year, there's no denying that this was a question mark for Cleveland, that this was someone that we really needed to see if there was a rebound to come. This is someone who had played 33 games last year, Played 17.2 minutes. His shot, his field goal percentage was lower than it's ever been after two other years of decline post uh, uh, his age 29 season a couple years ago. He didn't shoot the three particularly well last year. 25.6% after shooting a a very good 33.9, at least for him the year before. Wasn't moving as well. Wasn't laterally just as quick. The size, which is such an advantage for him at the guard spot as a defender, was failing him a little bit. It wasn't enough for him to stay in front of guys. And I think that was really cutting off some of his impact. Statistically, or film-wise, excuse me, you could look at Rubio and just say, that's not the same guy. There's a reason I don't think he was fully trusted in that Knicks series. I think he's a guy that when he's healthy, when he was right, at least at his best, that's someone you can, you can look at and say, that guy, we, I believe there's two-way implications there. I believe there, there's a lot that he can provide us. That wasn't there last year. You could watch the games. You knew that to be true. Analytically, it's very much the same. Uh, Dunks in three is one of the, the best sites you can go to for, for data and analytics in the league. You know, he was at a flat 0.0 expected wins added last year. He was at 2.8 in just 34 games the year before. Um, he's been as high as like an 11.8 expected wins guy in his career. That's a, a very good player, a very good effective point guard in this league. His defense, his expected plus minus per 100 possessions was negative 2.9. 
He's at plus 1.3 the year before. Um, was a negative 0.1 on defense, plus 2.3 the year before. And on offense last year, a negative 2.8 per 100 possessions. It was a minus one the year before. It is very possible and unfortunate that it's very possible that Ricky Rubio is just at a different stage in his career. This is just possible that this is where this was headed. This was possible to project, I would say. If you go back to when the Cavs brought him back, to me, this is possible that this was just going to happen with Rubio in some way. Now, did the ACL make it a sharper downfall? Absolutely. I think that's very possible. I think that that maybe accelerated this. Two ACLs in the same knee is nothing to sneeze at. We are in this era where it feels like players are coming back from injuries in a different way. You have Brianna Stewart and Kevin Durant and Kelsey Plum and others coming back from Achilles, of all things. You have ACLs don't feel necessarily like the career-ending injury that they used to maybe even 10 years ago. They, to me, an ACL is still bad, but it doesn't feel like it has the same doom and gloom around it in the same way. It's just, got, it's just changed. But a second one in the same knee, that's really concerning for, for a guard. That just is. Rubio's also about to be 33. He'll be 33 on October 21st. That's about when the season starts. This is a, a guard in his mid-30s, basically, at this point. It is natural for him to be slowing down. And again, I, I would look back at the summer that they brought him back. You could have even looked at it when he was playing out of his mind that half season before the ACL tear in New Orleans. And you could have seen that this, this kind of reality for Ricky Rubio was, was possible. That's not a fun part of any of this to me. This isn't, it's not like the funnest thing in the world to look at these athletes we've watched for a decade. I mean, Ricky Rubio came into the league in 2012. That was my senior year of high school. He was drafted. I was going into, it would have been June of 2012. He's drafted, excuse me, he's drafted in 2010. He spends two years overseas. He comes over to the NBA in 2012. My, it's, he's coming, he's my freshman year of college is his rookie NBA season with the Timberwolves. Then he has this long career. He's been around and played through the league for over a decade as like in, in my, like in relation to me, it's like, okay, I go to college, I get a job. I become an adult, at least somewhat like you, you go through this phase of life and Ricky is on that kind of same trajectory. It is one of those things where for me at 30, you look at someone like Ruby who's 33 and it's like, yeah, like this just happens. Like it becomes more normal for me as you get to this age to look at someone and say, yeah, they're going to slow down. That's what happens. Guys in the NBA that are LeBron's age or, or 35, 36, 37 that get that far and play at this high level, that is exceedingly rare. It happens, you, everyone slows down. Carmelo had this phase where he really slowed down. And, and Carmelo you know, was at another level of this. Kevin Love, we've seen him slow down if you want a, a Cleveland example. This happens to everybody. This, Rubio is never going to be an exception to this. And if you wanted to say, okay, he's a guard, he's played a lot of minutes, he had the knee injury before this, and then he tears it again, it's like you could have seen a fall off coming. You absolutely could have. And if you told me that, that maybe like he would have got more had he not had the ACL money-wise, and that's why you get him for $6 million at this point, I think you're probably right. I also think you could look at this and say, are you sure that for this, the length of this contract... That would have been there. And then last season happened. He comes back later than maybe I think he kind of hinted at maybe hoping to 
at media day. And he wasn't very good. Ricky Rubio was just not very good last year. He was a liability when you got to the playoffs and you look at any of the numbers, you look at his per game numbers, you look at the, the, the basic counting stats, you look at analytics, you look at on off numbers. This was not an effective Ricky Rubio. This arguably maybe except for his rookie year was his worst NBA season. If you go to the advanced numbers on this and you just look at, okay, look at his value of replacement year over year. How does this sort? Last year was his lowest. He, his best season, 2015-16, his Cleveland, his first Cleveland season, that the 30-something games, he was, you know, it's in his lower half, but a positive value over replacement season. Last year was the first time he goes below being a, an average player. His value replacement was negative 0.1. That's not drastic. That's not telling you this guy's entirely unplayable. This doesn't, that, that one number doesn't tell you, hey, this guy is entirely useless now. He's fallen off a cliff. But it was tra- to me, I, it felt like it was trending in that direction a little bit, right? You know, I, I, we have, again, guys and women in the WNBA like Diana Taurasi playing into their late 30s, playing into their 40s, and playing at a decent level. But it's rare. And you could see some of the Rubio stuff getting to a spot where it, it was trending in that direction. Some of the other analytics beyond VORP Paint a more drastic picture. You know, we went through the dunks and threes one. You could look at BPM and, you know, it was all, all, offensive box plus minus and, and, and how that was by far the worst season of his career on offense from, from that one number. This is a really tricky spot. And in it, for a guy at his age, you know, I, I'm sure if that's hard. I, I don't think in, in sports media, I don't think in life, I don't think we always talk about it or and kind enough to, pe- to giving people grace as the age, especially in this age of social media. We get in this world where you just go on Instagram, you go on Twitter, you go on X, you know, you go on threads, whatever, you make YouTube videos just saying, this guy sucks, this guy's trash, get him off the court. You're, you, there's no like empathy and understanding that like this is a human in front of us kind of fading away to some degree in real time. And, and I think that to some degree is part of the Rubio story here. I think he's headed towards this really tricky place. And the mental health thing is one thing. I, I think you have all the empathy in the world for that. But if you want to be pragmatic about this from a basketball sense, I think it's tough not to look at this and say, okay, this is, is the cliff for Ricky here. And that's, that in its own right to me is, is very sad. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about who could step up for Ricky, who has an opportunity to maybe fill some of his minutes, get a chance to shine in Rubio's absence. All right, we're back here. Last segment. The first name I want to hit on as far as who could step up in Rubio's absence. Well, I guess we should say it is again possible that Rubio does just come back and he plays. Maybe he's back at some way. He doesn't as on the active roster to start the season, but you know, maybe he's around the team. I, I don't know. We, again, do not know. Kobe Altman's statement was like a line. Ricky's statement didn't really address anything specific. And again, they don't owe us that. I would say Ricky in particular doesn't owe anybody that. I'm sure internally they have different expectations and they just haven't, you know, either leaked them or publicly disclosed them. That, that's just the reality of, I think, where the situation is at. The first name that comes to mind of who could step up and who could have a chance to have a bigger role Without Ricky Rubio, I go to Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert, I think, will be coming off the bench next season. I think last year, to his credit, and Evan and I have talked about this a lot, 
this is someone who has really pushed himself to be a play a little outside of his natural comfort zone. You know, he is someone that I think wants to score first, that wants to hit pull-ups, that wants to to look to get buckets more than he wants to distribute and maybe be a quasi backup combo guarder if he's not a pure backup point guard. This is now a situation where I think they're going to need someone to distribute. I think they're going to need someone to move the ball. I think they're going to need someone to do some of the work Rubio ideally might have done or had a chance to do if he was physically correct. Levert, to me, is might have to play some of that role a little bit. And you know what that looks like for him will be interesting. I kind of could have seen him kind of morphing back in a different direction this year. But if Rubio's not going to be there and they don't want to add someone else to the rotation, they want to keep kind of the guys they have, Levert would be an obvious guy to see him kind of play in that role from last year to distribute, to run, pick, and roll, to to be the one spraying out the shooters, to maybe at times defend the point of attack, to defend a wing score, do some of the things Rubio, you know, Rubio might have defended up on a bigger, on a good two guard. If you're playing Phoenix randomly, like, hey, like, does he defend Devin Booker? I think you're going to see Levert would have had to do that anyway, but I think the the importance of him doing that now has gone up a little bit if Rubio's not going to be around. Um, he He in some ways, is kind of the most proven Rubio insurance with where this roster is at right now, which is, let's call it interesting. I, you know, I'm trying to, uh, we'll dive into that more when the season gets closer, but it is certainly a little bit of an interesting roster choice in my mind. The next name I would say here, I, I would go to two-way signee Craig Porter Jr. You know, right now he is kind of the, the backup point guard on the roster a little bit. So does he get a chance to play at the NBA level? We'll see how he looks in preseason. Um, had some good moments in summer league, obviously, but does he look, does he look good? And then you have Ty Jerome as well. You know, I, I just don't, I think the thing with Jerome is that I don't think he's like a one-to-one skill set replacement for Rubio. He's a, he's definitely a better shooter. He's bigger. You know, this is a six, five guard. He's not as like strong as Rubio, I think, which makes the defensive kind of thing not not quite the same. But do you say, hey, you know, we have Darius and Donovan, we have Karras. Two of those guys are probably going to be on the floor most of the time. Can Jerome kind of be supplemental creation in our system? Can he be someone that can just spray and shoot and and do some movement and stuff for us and kind of like just give us a different energy and we fill the minutes in a different way? I think that is cool. Um, you know, this is a guy Kobe Elm really likes. This is someone that has had did play a bunch of minutes for the Warriors last year. I don't think he's a one to one Rubio replacement. I think framing him in that way is is not accurate. I think what he is is maybe gonna fill some of those minutes just based on size, but it's gonna look different. And I also think what it looks like for him outside of Golden State, which is a very different offensive system. They move, <laughs> they are kinetic, they are free flowing and built around Curry. The Cavs don't play that way. What does Jerome look like in a very different situation? You know, in a very different situation than what he had in college when he played for Tony Bennett at UVA. Like, this is just a different kind of offense than he's played in. So I, I don't, I think there's probably some thinking to me, in my mind at least, that there's an adjustment there. And it's hard to project one-to-one what he did in Golden State and say, hey, let's translate this back here. Let's translate this to Cleveland, where Donovan and Darius are going to run a ton of pick and roll. We play two bigs, and the ball movement and the pace is dialed a little bit down compared to a team like Golden State. The other thing I, w- I would note is that maybe they do go out and, you know, maybe Sam Merrill, I guess, could get a shot here. He, it would be maybe unfair not to mention him, but I, you know, I'm a little lower there. 
But do they go out and sign another point guard? You know, that that's probably the other thing to consider here. You know, do do they go get a current um do do they go get a NBA caliber point guard who's unsigned, who hasn't re you know, hasn't gone and got a deal somewhere and use them to fill minutes, right? Like do they just go and try to get someone just to say, hey, we can get someone on a minimum, it'll be really cheap. And we can figure that out. Like, Howell Neto is, I believe, still available. Do you just bring him back, right? You know, do you... Is there another young player who's a little more proven, right, than a... Rick, than a than a Craig Porter Jr., you know, right? Like, does he... Do, do you get someone like that who just kind of does things in that way? Um, you know, Michael Carter-Williams is out there. Goran Dragic is technically out there. George Hill is out there, but he's kind of washed, and I don't think he'd really come here. You know, like you have names in theory you could go out and get, but are they really moving the needle? Are you sure you shouldn't just maybe play the young guy? I think that's an interesting question to consider um, if Cleveland. But that'll be it. This is our Ricky Rubio episode again. Best wishes to Ricky. Hope he's okay. And if you are in your own life dealing with mental health, please talk to someone, talk to a doctor, see a therapist. Don't hold it in. It's, it's okay to not be okay. It's, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm sure I'm not going to be as impactful as a Kevin Love or Ricky Rubio, but like, I, I think mental health is something we should discuss out in the open. I give Ricky a lot of credit for even acknowledging it. I hope he's again, I hope he's okay. Best wish him and his family and, this is, again, much bigger than basketball. We'll be back on Locking Cavs tomorrow. I'll be back talking about the weaknesses the Cavs still have. I think there's two big ones we'll dive into. And we'll talk about Danny Green. Danny Green had some comments that kind of made my uh, eyebrows raise a little bit. So we'll talk about those on Locking Cavs tomorrow. Thanks again to Jake Stevens for his work on production. Have a great day, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow.